Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks Thanks be to to God, who gives us victory, the victory, the victory, through our Lord Jesus Christ. And welcome back to the Living Victory Podcast. My name is Christian Conway. As always, joined by Max Keen. But once wow, again, you said that so sadly. <laughs> like, why was, is Max here? <laughs> I was being sad about the fact that Jonathan's not here, but I, I guess you're right. Yeah. As always, joined by Max Keen and sadly, not Jonathan Krauss. Yeah, that's bad. Life, life got in the way. He was not able to join us this week. So thoughts and prayers out to him. Uh, he's really struggling with, I don't know, I was going to try to make some joke about what he's struggling with, but I couldn't figure out something <laughs> in time. Um, the baboons, the evil baboons that have been attacking him recently. He just, mm. he can't get away from the baboons. So please just be praying for him that he would be able to escape and defeat the baboons and join us for the podcast next week. Yikes. <laughs> but can't anyway. say I've done that before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I guess I'm going to switch it up this week and I'm going to start talking about my week before you guys talk about your week. So let's see how that sounds. Uh, my week's been great. I am finishing up classes, so I had grind. I grinded this week. I had a one day where I got the day off because it was the Monday after Easter. So what I did was I took the entire day to read one of my books that I had been slacking on and needed to read. So I read three hundred and some pages of eschatology that day, Cheers. and then I wrote. I took another day this week to write my eschatology position paper. So if anybody's interested in what I believe when it comes to eschatology, I have a single-spaced six-page paper that explains it all. <laughs> um, no, that's good, though. One of the things I love about this these classes is that they force me to break down things like that. Like, I would never take the time, I would never have the time or take the time to break down eschatology in that much detail. But taking a class on it gave me an excuse to and just really helped me get handles on it. And God knew what he was doing because I talked about eschatology in my paper, wrote about it. Um, I've been learning about the kingdom of God and Israel and the church and different things like that. And then this week, literally the week after I finished my paper, I went into 45th Street, which is our fourth and fifth grade ministry. And I taught the kids about parables that Jesus told about the kingdom. And one of the parables was telling the story of how one day the angels are going to come and separate the righteous from the evil. And that literally has, it goes hand in hand with what I learned this week. So my knowledge from what I learned in my paper was able to strengthen me and help me uh, give a better message to the kids this week. So God's good. God's got it all in his hands and I may be busy, but it's a good kind of busy. It's helping me grow closer to the Lord and just learn more about his word. So no complaints here. I love it. Nice. My church is going through revelation right now. So it's pretty cool. Um, Man, I don't even know where to start with my week. This has been an off week for me. Um, Got back from Easter break Monday. And since then, it's just been so weird. I've been sick almost the whole week. Um, some days were like, yay, I feel better. Like, I should be good tomorrow. And then the next day I wake up and feel terrible. I'm like, oh, and it just seemed like would go through that cycle of like a good day, a bad day, good day, bad day. And I'm just like, so sick of it. I, I find that I take unusually long to get over things like a cold. Like, it'll take me three weeks, and I'm like, why won't this leak? So Might have been I'm, COVID. What? Might have been COVID. Oh, 
no, I've been tested. <laughs> it's not COVID. We're good. Um, but it's like the end of the semester. So like, I want to have energy to do things and I kind of need the energy to do things. So hoping that, that I feel better, but yeah, skip some classes this week. Um, was pretty you much in my person. room. I know you rebel. <laughs> was pretty You're much in my classes, room all week. Jonathan skipping podcasts. <laughs> what do I get to skip? I don't know. That's up to you. <laughs> um. Yeah. So it's just been it's been kind of weird. I don't know. So there were other. Oh yeah, decisions were made. I finally have like my summer laid out, which really feels good to have that done because I've been like trying to figure that out since I want to say December um and yeah that's that's about it I mean it's just been a weird thing um weird week but we're nearing the end of the semester and it feels good um but today we have um an episode talking about the parable of the prodigal son and the reason why this this came up um was was there was just one day earlier this week that I was really struggling and wrestling and in my prayer time that day I was like man god I feel like I don't even deserve to be talking to you right now I really don't um and the fact that you're listening to me is just amazing um but like I feel like I'm unworthy just to even be talking to you, even though you've saved me, it just feels off, you know? And I was reminded of this passage, um, where, and we'll get into it, but it was really encouraging for me of not only does God welcome us, um, no matter what we're going through, no matter what we're wrestling with, no matter what, you know, we're decisions we need to make no matter, you know, where we are, we can always run back to God and he will rejoice in that. Um, and we can rejoice in that too. And that is just a huge, huge, um, blessing and just a relief that we don't have to be perfect before we come to God. And so I'm going to read, um, the parable um, verses 11 through 32 of Luke chapter 15. So if you have your Bibles, go to Luke chapter 15 real quick. Give you like two seconds. One, two. All right. Hope you're there. <laughs> Luke 15, uh, starting in verse 11. And it says, and he said, there was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, father, give me the share of of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed, to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, 
How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field, and he came and drew near to the house. He heard music and dancing, and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fang calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you, and I have never disobeyed your command. You gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this your brother was dead, and he is alive. He was lost and is found. So there's there's a lot that goes into this parable, but I want to focus more on the first son, the one who who went and you know took his inheritance from his father and went and just completely wasted his resources. And he went against his father. He went against the things that he knew were right. He went against the things that he knew were good. And he ended up in a place where he even wanted the things that the pigs were eating. And in our lives, we know that we deserve such. We deserve to be in that place. We deserve to be taken and, you know, far away from God. Deserving of evil, deserving of death, deserving of separation from him. And that's that's what the son knew. He knew that he didn't even deserve to be called this man's son anymore. And so he went back hoping to be treated as one of his servants. And yet the joy that the father had when he saw his son, welcoming him with open arms, even after the son had dishonored him. That is so cool. And God does that for us. When we go against him, when we sin against him, when he's not the first person we run to, when we use our resources for things that don't honor him, he is right there to welcome us back. And that's one of the differences in the Christian faith compared to anywhere else is we don't have 
to be good enough for God. Because we never will be. God loves us no matter what. And of course, that's no excuse to, to live in a way that's dishonorable, but, but we know that when we struggle, we can always run back to him. In church this morning, we sang a song called Jesus Strong and Kind. I don't know if you've heard it before, um, but it talks about how, you know, when we're struggling, when we're lost, when we're scared, we can always run to God and he is faithful and he because he is strong and he is kind and he has overcome you know the world and just how much of an encouragement that is for our lives that we can always run to Jesus yeah the, this is a beautiful parable because it speaks to the heart of lots and lots of people and I, I think there's an important question here that we need to ask because this parable gives us the answer to that question. And the question is, is God close to us when we mess up? Like, does God forsake us? Does God leave us when we make mistakes? And so often the answer, we feel like the answer is yes, because that is our experience with relationships here on earth. Our experience is that people's relationships with us are in large part due to what we can do for them or how we can serve them, what they get out of the relationship that we have with them. And as soon as we stop offering that, as, as soon as we stop being as funny or, or we uh, stop going out of our way to hang out with them as much or we stop prioritizing them, as soon as we make mistakes and we betray them, they want to leave us. And this, of course, is not the biblical model for relationships. This is not how God has intended for us to have relationships because it's not how he models his relationship with us. God's relationship with us is the ultimate counter trend. It's, it's against everything the world tells you and everything that the world models in their relationships. Because Jesus came down to have a relationship with us when we had nothing to offer. Like the, the story of the Bible starts out with God creating the world and then God creating us because he wanted to be in a relationship with us. And even when we run away, even when we turn our backs on him, he continued to pursue us. He pursued us all the way to the cross. This is the kind of relationship that God wants to have with us. God wants to have a relationship that is one-sided, a relationship that only requires his commitment. Now, let me take that back. I, he doesn't want a one-sided relationship, but he wants a relationship that only requires his commitment. It, the, the strength of the relationship is bound by his commitment, not by ours. And that's why Jesus taught in many different places that nobody can take us away from the Father once we're there. Like once we are in the Father's hand, Nobody can pluck us out. Romans 8 talks about how neither height nor depth nor angels nor demons nor principles or rulers or anything in all creation can separate us from the love of Christ. And that list includes us. We cannot separate ourselves from the love of Christ. Like how encouraging news is that, that once you are 
in the family of God, you cannot be taken away. It's, it's eternal life after all. Eternal life would not be very eternal if you lost it. So next time you go through a difficult season, next time you feel like you've failed God and, and all that can rush into your mind is examples of times that people have left you in the past because you failed them. Just remember. Remember that God loves you and his love is based on his faithfulness, not yours. So when we fail God, is he still close to us? Does he still love us? The answer is absolutely. That God loves each one of us. And once we are in his family, we are his children forever. That, And of course, all of this is, is based, or it's, it's, it's assuming that you have a relationship with Jesus. Now, these things don't apply to you if you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You're, you're not in the family of God. This prodigal son was still the father's son. But if he never would have been the father's son in the first place, the story might have gone differently. So if you don't have a relationship with Christ, then the promises that Christ makes don't apply to you. And I don't mean to sound mean when I say that, but that's the truth, is that if you feel far from God and you have not been made right with him through the sacrifice that Christ made on the cross, then that's your first step. Your first step is to join the family of God by accepting the sacrifice that Jesus made. And how do you do this? Well, it's very simple. You repent of your sins, which means you turn from your old ways. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And then you believe that Jesus Christ is who he says he is, the perfect son of God, and that he did what he said he did. That he died on the cross because he loves you so much. He died on the cross and then rose again on the third day, defeating sin and defeating death on your behalf, having paid the penalty for your sin that you deserve to pay, that, that is demanded by God's judge or God's justice. So that is your first step. If you have not accepted the gift that Christ offers through repentance and faith, then you should do that. Pray to God, confess your sins that you've done against him. Confess that you are not able to save yourself. And then earnestly desire the sacrifice that Christ has made for you. Then once you do that, we're back on track. We're back talking about the parable of the prodigal son. This, this illustration of a father loving his son and a father giving his best for his son is representative of God's relationship with us. So if you are feeling like you failed God, if you are feeling like you, he would never accept you, just remember John chapter 15, that we are made friends of Christ. That he no longer calls us servants, but he calls us friends. We are children of the most high God. What a blessing. And it's all based on, on his work on the cross. We could never have earned it on our own. But he gifted it to us. And all we have to do is accept it and live as though it's true. So, uh, Max, I have a question for you. In in this prodigal son parable, what is, I don't know, what stands out to you the most about 
what it tells us about God's love. Because we know that parables are, are real life stories that Christ uses to display spiritual truths. Like they're illustrations that he uses. So what what about the parable stands out the most to you and and strikes you the most about God and his love for us? Yeah, um, that's a good question. Because the, there are many attributes of God, I feel like, that are shown um, in, in this parable. Um, and we just sort of get a glimpse of who he is. And Jesus, he... He refers to God, you know, as his father um, throughout the Gospels. We, we see how, how tight of a relationship that is. Um, because that, that sense of family is a very intimate um, feeling. And, of course, there are people with families who aren't close or with broken families. And, you know that image has has been marred for sure but seeing that that image of the family um and how god is like a loving father and it reminds me um of the sermon of the mount where where jesus says you know if even the wicked people know how to give good gifts to to their children how much more does our heavenly Father? Um, and so I I love the beauty of the image that God loves us like a perfect Father, and that 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 family that He's adopted us into is just amazing and. You know, when you think about adoption, um, it's it's normally the parent's choice, like, hey, I want to adopt this child. You know, it's not some kid, like, walking up to to some couple, like, hey, can you adopt me? It The, the parents are the ones who initiate it. And similarly with God, you know, he takes us into his family. And that is just so cool that God chose us. And and like you said before, God isn't dependent on us. And yet we, we are still chosen by him. And it's just a beautiful picture that, that God sacrificed Christ for the sake of bringing us into his family. And so I think that's what really stands out to me um, in this parable is just that that tight relationship. And even though the son leaves, you know, he's, he's still his son. And that's just, that just shows the, the amazing forgiveness that we can experience through a relationship with God. So I don't know if that answers your question or not, but I'm interested to see how you, how you would answer it as well. This parable is actually, it's, it's personal to me because it's something that I relate with, but it's not the son that we've been discussing that I relate with. I actually relate with the other son. And this is a, it's fairly common in Christian circles to look at the reaction of the other son 
But I think that it's good for us to dive into that just briefly because everybody in the church, I think, can relate to one of these two sons. They either relate to the son who feels as though he isn't enough and hasn't been able to uh, do enough to earn God's favor. But of course, we have to, in that situation, remember that there's nothing we can do to earn God's favor. Like you said, God is the one who comes and chooses us. It's, it's, it's by, by no will of our own that we are able to have a relationship with God, but it's by his will completely. And then on the other side of the equation are, are people who struggle with the opposite. People, rather than struggling with not feeling good enough, they struggle with feeling as though they are good enough. And of course, that sounds... It sounds antithetical in today's society because in today's society, every time there's a problem, it's a self-esteem problem. And we say, all you have to do is, is have a better view of yourself. You have to remember that you are a great person and that everything you do is good. And that's our solution for people's problems nowadays. But if you read the Bible, that is the cause of a lot of the problems. Many problems come because of pride, because you have too high a view of yourself. So I think that this parable, it shows two sometimes contrasting and sometimes complementary heart attitudes. The first is having too high of a view of yourself. And that, that would be the son who stayed home. The son who stayed home and then asked his father, Father, why don't you prepare the fattened calf for me? Like, I've been here this whole time. I, I didn't go squander all of my possessions and all of your money. Why are we celebrating him instead of celebrating me? He had too high a view of himself. And then the other son is representative of those who have too low a view of God. They think that they have gone so far and done so much as to render God's love irrelevant. To, to say that there's no way God can love me through what I've done. So everybody struggles with at least one of those because nobody has a perfect view of self and a perfect view of God. It's something that we all have to work on every day. And I, I personally relate with the son who stayed home. Sometimes I see myself more highly than I ought. And it, it hurts me. I, I want to have a Philippians 2 attitude. I want to consider others more significant than myself, than myself. I want to look to the needs of others. I want to have the same mind as Christ, who humbled himself and put aside his cares to come down and to serve us. So, which one of those do you wrestle with? It's 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 something that I think we should all ask ourselves. And, and once you figure out which one you wrestle with, then there's lots of scripture to help you. If, if you wrestle with too high a view of yourself, Philippians 2 tells us that we are not all that. Romans 3 tells us that we are not all that. Ephesians 2 tells us that we are not all that. Psalm 103 it tells us that we're not all that. There's so many places in scripture you can go. And the reason that I know these is because I go there and I work on it with myself. I know these passages because I read them on a regular basis. I want to remind myself of who I am 
and who Christ is. And then if you struggle with the the other son's problem, having too low a view of the father, then shoot, just open your Bible to any page. Honestly, you're gonna get you're gonna find something that tells you about how great God is. But the Psalms are great for that. Genesis is great for that. Just to see how great God is. Romans is great for that. John is great for that. Just to see how great God is and what he's done for us. To remember that we serve a great, holy, mighty, and awesome God. There's nothing you can do to thwart his plans. If he wants you and his family, you're not going to be able to run away fast enough to get out of his love. If you are one of his sons or daughters, you're not going to be able to fight hard enough to keep him away. There's no amount of sin that you can do that will separate you from his love. Romans chapter 8. So, that's what stands out most to me. What stands out most to me is the contrast between these two. These two views of who God is and who we are. Remembering that we ought to have the mind that John the Baptist had. That he should be lower and that Christ should be exalted. What you first talked about earlier. So I went out disc golfing uh, the other week. We have a disc golf course uh, behind the school, and it's a lot of fun. Um, but I started the day, and I was just really doing poorly. Um, missing some putts that, you know, were pretty easy. And I'm like, you know what? I think I need to be a little bit more confident. Um, And so I went into it with that mindset and it got better until I got too confident. And then I started missing everything again. And, And so like you said, with the idea of, you know, some people have that idea of, you know, you can do nothing good that that lowly place where you're like, how am I ever going to get out? Or the opposite end where you struggle with pride, where you wonder like, what, why did they get <laughs> the, the fattened calf when I've been here all along? Um, so I don't really know what the point of me saying that was, but I don't know, just to throw in my disc golf experience there, I guess. Um, but I, I, I wanted to share, you know, like Christian said, the Psalms are a really good place uh, to go to look at our relationship to God and to look at um, just how good he is. Because when, when you read David, and I'm going through the Psalms right now, and it's just amazing. Um, but you see David at the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. And no matter where he is in life, God is still there beside him. And I just find that so amazing and so encouraging that the same is true for us. When we're in our darkest places, God is still there. When we're celebrating amazing victories, Praise God for that. And he's there too. And 
we can have the head knowledge of this of yeah you know god forgives me god loves me god is helping me um in this in this decision making process god is um you know helping me with this new change that's coming you know whatever it is but you don't always feel it and one thing that i want to encourage you guys with is no matter how we feel that doesn't you know shake the truth that god is there and we can base a lot of our relationships on how we feel but but whether we're feeling good feeling bad feel him close or feel him from a distance god is still god and he never changes and that's an amazing truth that that we can remember is that he will always be there and so as you go throughout your days and your weeks and your years or however long you're going to remember this episode um there are times where where you're going to celebrate and it's going to be great and life goes well and you can praise god for that because he's the one who gives wisdom and i've that's something that's come up um in in my study in the Psalms, I think it's Psalm 111, where it talks about wisdom. Um, and I was doing a Bible study this morning and finishing up James 3. And, and next week in James 4, we'll have this same um, same idea, I guess. But the wisdom of God is so much greater than any wisdom we can have. So let's not boast in what we have, but through what we have in Christ. And so when we celebrate, let's celebrate with the attitude of this is all because of God, not because of me. I'm just blessed to be where I am. And when you struggle, when you feel like you don't deserve God's love, I'll be the first to say you don't deserve God's love. And yet God loves us anyway. And that love is never going to fade. He will always, always be there. If we're in his family, if God's adopted us into his family, then we can rest assured that God will always love us. And even in our darkest moments, we still have a God who cares for us. And we can use that for our testimony to tell others that even in our brokenness, God can still deliver us. God uses broken people. There's no one who he saved who who had it all right. There's no one who he saved that didn't struggle. Everyone had everyone had sinned against him. So don't think that you have to get it right, because you don't. But if you do have a relationship with him, then live in light of what he's done. Yeah, amen to that. Amen to everything Max just said.
Amen. 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 So we want to thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I hope that it's come at the right time. I hope that this is something that you needed. I hope that God's speaking to you, not through what we're saying, but through his word, through the truths that are present in Luke chapter 15 with this parable. Because God loves you and God wants a relationship with you. And God will help you to be conformed into the image of Christ. It's not something that he puts all the pressure on you to do. Sanctification is a two-way street. Philippians 2.11, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Let's, let's go this week and let's work out our salvation with fear and trembling and trust that God is working in us to conform us to the image of Christ. So thank you so much for coming back every week. If, if you have any questions or comments or anything that you want to talk about, please feel free to reach out to us. Send us an email at questions at livingvictorypodcast.com, Christian or Max at livingvictorypodcast.com. Shoot, send spam emails to Jonathan at Jonathan at livingvictorypodcast.com. Since he wasn't able to make it on this week's show, let's just remember remember to tell him that we love him by sending him some spam emails and some weird stuff. Not too weird, but, you know, weird enough that he notices. So we love you guys. Thank you guys so much for coming back. Thank you guys so much for listening and for making it through. We love God's word and we hope that you do the same. Just remember, God loves you and we love you. As always, love each other and shine your light.